Hey there, Pizza Pals. I'm Keisha. And I'm AJ. It's great to have you all here with us on PB&J Product, Branding, and Jelly. AJ and I are recording this one on New Year's Day. So happy New Year's to y'all. But a new year? I just got used to the last one. 2020 was rough, wasn't it? But we've been in the kitchen all day long cooking up these three stories for you, and we can't wait to get into it. I hope you're hungry. But before we dive into a new year and new stories, we just want to thank you because this is our first strategy episode for PB&J and it means the world to us that you've chosen to queue up our podcast in this new year. Let's take a look at our menu today. All right. First, I got a question for you. What does National Geographic, GoPro, and Hulu all have in common? Answer, they're all under one magical umbrella called Disney. And we're going to be looking at Disney's diversification strategy and how it helped them survive and even thrive a little bit in this last year, 2020. Second, we're going to touch on the strategy Jeep used in conjunction with a mysterious monolith found in the Utah desert. Ooh. And lastly, video games seem to have struck gold in 2020 because, I mean, really, what else are you going to be doing? But there is that one company that has been on the struggle bus and we will look at why their strategy might be causing them a little bit of issue. Let's fight into it. First up, we're looking at the House of Mouse. What comes to mind with Disney is Mickey Mouse and those classic theme parks. Ah, oh, theme parks. I love Disneyland. And fun little fact for you, Disneyland first opened in 1955. That was a huge step towards Mickey's plan for global domination. Today, though, Disney parks make up a huge portion of Disney's revenue. Except this past year, they were basically closed all year. All year long. And just like you'd expect, Disney stock is higher than ever. Wait, what? <laughs> That's right. Disney stock is looking a lot more like Space Mountain than Tower of Terror, and that is thanks to their diversification strategy. What diversification, you might be wondering? Since the 1960s, Disney has acquired companies like Theme Park Engineering and Design, but they really got aggressive starting in the late 90s and early 2000s, acquiring ABC, which included ESPN, The Muppets, Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilms, and most recently, 21st Century Fox. And in addition to all that, just this last June, Disney World became the home of the NBA. And in 2019, we saw the launch of Disney's competitor to Netflix, Disney+. Plus. While it seems like all they've done is diversified their media, they are also able to do so much more. Let's just say you finish The Mandalorian for the fourth time on Disney+, Plus and you need your own Baby Yoda. So you run over to the local Walmart or Target and you grab one because you have to treat yourself and you take a much-needed COVID getaway from your frosty home in the north to sunny Florida, where masks allow you to take pictures with the child at the Star Wars section of Disneyland. That's right. Who doesn't want an adorable picture with their own Baby Yoda? And that is just one slice of the Disney diversification strategy. And the stock market really seems to be trusting in Mickey and his friends. Seems that the theme parks are embracing their hashtag work from home life without makeup, and while they're either closed or operating way below capacity, they're still winning overall. 
especially compared to other companies that are really taking a dive during this time. But then you got to think about movie theaters. They're also on that same roller coaster ride. Big blockbusters just aren't being released and bringing in the usual billions of dollars for Disney. And unfortunately, movie theaters can only earn revenue in that one way. So we see Disney and they are still winning because they have this strategy where they're bringing all of these different pieces together. And then you take a look at movie theaters and other businesses that are just focused on one thing. And unfortunately, they are not doing so hot. Can this diversification continue to be a beauty for Disney or will it be a beast for them to remain profitable? <sighs> AJ, what's our second bite? Well, a few weeks ago, we heard about a mysterious monolith in the Utah desert. The monolith was discovered by state workers counting sheep by helicopter. And after it was discovered, people started flocking to it. But subsequently, some people really keen on preserving the Utah lands dismantled it and removed it. But it doesn't stop there. No, it does not. I mean, you can't just take away a monolith. Because right after it was removed, Southwest Airlines capitalized on it by photoshopping it to look like a boarding sign. Something that I'm not sure many of us remembered what it looked like anymore. But we think that Jeep did one better. That's right. Jeep took their marketing off-road and repurposed the mysterious monolith into a charging station for the Jeep Wrangler PHEV that plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. And the organic post took off on the car maker's social channels. This played on pop culture and had a save the world vibe with the hybrid electric vehicle theme. Can I just say that PHEV does not roll off the tongue the way that some of these other new electric vehicles make. But uh, with that aside, uh, this marketing strategy that Jeep used is commonly found on social media channels and really is used by old brands to boost their relevancy to match recent trends and get them hip with the youngins again. Uh, so take what's trendy, make it work for your brand, and it's best when you add a relevant piece to it, which is exactly what we saw with that awkward PHEV piece Jeep had, and that's what Southwest didn't have. For Jeep, it really worked. On Facebook, it became the top static social post on the Jeep channel in less than 24 hours, tallying the most reactions year to date, over 102,000. And it had the most shares at 15,000 and the second most comments at nearly 15,000. Jeez. Well, this strategy helps reawaken and draw attention to brands like it has for Jeep. And they get to stay more relevant by grabbing onto someone else's relevancy. Maybe we should call this conga line marketing. It sounds kind of fun, right? <laughs> this strategy of taking what's new and connecting it to your brand works really well. <laughs> I like it. Especially if you connect on a secondary level like Jeep did with the PHEV environmental message, which connects back to saving the lands. Nice move, Jeep. We're with you on this one. Kasia, what is our third and final bite today? Oh, this one's a good one, AJ. Video games have seemed to struck gold in 2020. We're talking Sony PlayStation, Microsoft Xbox, Nintendo stocks. They are all at an all-time high. But there's one company, CD Projekt Red, who isn't doing so hot. Their stock is traded publicly in Poland, and it's almost right back down to the level that they were at in March when all stocks took a major COVID-19 hit. That's even after nine months of gains in anticipation of their new game, Cyberpunk 2077. That's right, AJ. We saw most video game companies raise their stocks throughout the whole past nine months. And then we just see CD Projekt Red have a total drop off. 
why, AJ, would most companies involved in video games in some capacity be at all-time highs, while CD Projekt Red is down by a significant amount? Well, Keisha, I think part of it comes down to CD Projekt Red's business model, which is one where the company works on a single project with a large team and avoids working on multiple projects at the same time. That means all their Yoshi eggs are in one basket. If you look at Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, Blizzard, they're all doing multiple things at once. Yeah, and with 2020 being such a shakeup, the eggs have fallen out of CD Projekt Red's basket. While the game runs really well on computers, it's glitch-ridden on platforms like Xbox and PlayStation. On a personal note, my brother bought Cyberpunk for PlayStation, and he's not returning it like a lot of people are. He said he's really fine with the glitches. You gotta know that thing's gonna have some sort of, like, gamer value one day, you know? Oh, you got the one with the glitch, so that's probably a good, good move by your brother. But this brings us to another great point about video games especially, is that there is a ton of hype. That's right. This hype can have a lot to do with how the stock market performs for certain companies, especially in instances with big releases like movies and video games. Yeah, this could be considered a classic case of misaligned expectations though, because it's like when you think that that side quest you're going on is gonna let you get some super awesome special sword, but then really it just wastes three hours of your game time and you feel like you haven't done anything all day. AJ, do you need to talk about something? Maybe get something off your chest? No, no, it's, it's, it's fine. Let's, no, forget it. <laughs> what I think AJ is trying to say is that if you are expected to bring a product to market with a certain level of success, if you exceed that expectation, your stocks go up. If you meet expectations, eh, your stocks will stay about the same. But if you fail to meet expectations, your stocks typically fall. That's right, because if customers aren't happy, nobody is happy. And this is why we believe that CD Projekt Red stock is down, even though overall, anything that helps you forget what a train wreck 2020 was is soaring right now. Yeah, so glad it's 2021 now. Well, those three stories are a lot to digest, kind of like all of the food I've been eating over the past week. We want to thank you so much for having a bite of some strategies with us today. It's going to be a great day, and we'll see you next time with more news on product, branding, and jelly. And just to leave you with a little something sweet, here's a little dessert fact for you. Did you know, Kasia, that the Jeep Wrangler was, at least until 2020, the only car designed to have its doors removed? Oh, I yes, I might have heard that because I might secretly be a Jeep lover. However, 2020 brought back the Bronco, the Ford Bronco, which is now also designed to have its doors removed. <laughs> well, there you have it, Ford. Bronco and uh, Jeep Wrangler, you guys can duke out the doorless riding. But just remember, even though your mom's not here to make PB&Js for you anymore, you've got us. So make sure you have a great start to your year, and we'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone.